Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends of the pod, to another special episode of Colton Classic Podcast, the podcast where we talk to you about two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, except for on our special episodes like today, where we have interviews and all sorts of cool stuff for your earballs. I am super excited to have yet another drag legend, uh, Hecklina, here with us today. How are you doing, Hecklina? I'm doing good, good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, well, I have to say, it was always a plan to have you on because we've had Peaches on several times and uh, not being a, near San Francisco myself, I am so used to having Peaches and Hecklina in uh, together and so having you move down here to the greater palm springs area where we are is a treat has it been a nice transition yeah i mean uh the transition was very abrupt i well i bought my house here at the end of uh, 2018 and it was kind of a a vacation house for me and airbnb blah 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 and then the pandemic happened and uh i left san francisco with a few belongings and i just sheltered in place in my house down here and slowly my life kind of kind of uh, careened from San Francisco to kind of full time here. I gave up my apartment in San Francisco during the pandemic because I didn't know <laughs> when the pandemic would ever end. And surprise uh, it isn't. Yeah. And then I sold I sold my business in San Francisco. So actually the transition was kind of abrupt and then gradual. So I mean, but I, I, I definitely do love it. I love it. I'm used to the heat now. And when I go back to San Francisco, just freezing my ass off the whole time. And, <laughs> yeah, that coastal, uh, it's a very different experience now. Very, 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 yes. No, I, I love the desert. Well, so for, for listeners who are familiar with drag from things like Drag Race, um, which we love here, if you don't know Hecklina, it's you're not in the San Francisco area, clearly. And also you're missing out because Eclina, you've done kind of everything that drag yeah. has to offer. I mean, you've done music, film, stage shows. You've had, I think you had the longest running drag show, correct? I did, I did. It was called Tranny Shack, which of course now is politically incorrect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did. I started Tranny Shack in the mid nineties and I hosted it every week for 12 and a half years at the stud. And then, um, then I continued doing Tranny Shack events after that, but much larger events at the DNA Lounge. And then I took all the money I made at Tranny Shack and I opened a nightclub called Oasis. Oasis, yeah. And um, that's really kind of like that uh, a Reader's Digest version of that. But I've also done, yes, like you said, um, 
you know, television and, and uh, theater and stuff like that, and uh, podcasting and radio, blah, blah, blah. So uh, things are starting to open up again now, uh, post-pandemic, and uh, you can't see it if you're listening, <laughs> air but quotes. air quotes, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, life is, is kind of turning back on, and I am doing more and more stuff back in San Francisco. But yes, to answer your question, I've been around a long time. I'm very old. Yes. <laughs> that was not my implication, <laughs> but uh, yes. But I mean, you, you really, you've seen all sides of drag and something that I noticed uh, when my wife, I mean, we're, what can I say? We're cisgendered straight white people. And, um, but we love Nothing drag. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But, usually, but you know what? Every time I look at the news, it feels, it feels, I do, <laughs> I feel some deserved shame. I actually, totally science story. I actually had a raven punch me in the head yesterday when I was out for a walk. I don't know if I got too close to a nest, but it hit me with, and all I could think of when I got back in the car and I pulled up Instagram to post about it and I saw all the horrible things happening and I saw who right. was responsible. I was just like, yeah, I deserved it. Yeah. yeah. I, it's just it's rough but um so be kind out there to each other everyone and be kind to ravens as a, as a cisgender straight male cisgender white straight male you really are you're you are responsible for everything wrong in the world I, we really are um yeah. and it's it's you know i i i remember um this was i don't remember which drag con it was but um the uh the sisters of perpetual um indulgence indulgence thank you who are fantastic and actually i think I think they gave you an award, right? Uh, I was sainted, yes. You were sainted, so Saint Heglina. Um, but I remember they had a great stand where they would, uh, you know, take confession and then anoint you with glitter. And they had two kinds of glitter. And and I said, you know, what I, I confessed. And then they said, which kind of glitter? And I said, can I have a little of both? And they looked at me for like one second. And I realized I'm the problem. I literally was like, and they had to mix these two because they said, okay, and they did it. And I realized, oh, People like me are so often, we are taught that we can take whatever we want and just ask for anything and that that's okay. And then every once in a while, I get that inkling, especially when I'm in a space that's not necessarily created for me per se, but hopefully I can enjoy and be respectful. It just made me think of that. But as I, we can move down here because we love it down here, but also we love drag. And we were thinking, you know, where can we go? Uh, we were in Orange County. It was super expensive. Um, where can we go that's cheaper and has things we like? And, uh, and, and so we chose Palm Desert down here in Greater Palm Springs. And, um, and the drag scene down here, I mean, there's always been drag, I think, as far as I've ever known down here. But it really seems to be getting bigger. Is that just my imagination or is it because drag is sort of back in the public eye and sort of transforming because of tv shows and things that um it's becoming even more of a staple i feel like every single restaurant has a drag show at some point during the month well first of all i, I will address the the whole thing like that your insight as to like going into spaces where straight people maybe aren't they don't rule everything Mm -hmm. I wish that bachelorette parties had that same insight <laughs> uh, because they are ruining a lot of the bars and stuff with that, you know, drag is becoming so mainstream um, that, you know, I, since I've been down here in Palm Springs, I have done a couple of events and it's like bachelorette parties have gone insane. Uh, and I, I used to have a, a, a rule at my Saturday night club in San Francisco, no bachelorette parties, because uh, the first time I experienced them coming into my club, and trying to take over, I was like, this is not cool. 
So that's an aside, but but your question about um, about drag becoming bigger and bigger, yeah, I think there's a couple factors. I think people were just chomping at the bit for so long to be able to get out again and do something, mm -hmm. and uh, so everybody's everybody's wanting to do a show right now. And the other thing is that um, nobody's doing anything except the same thing. Like I, I noticed everyone's doing brunch. Everyone's doing bingo. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of all the same thing. Yes, it has gotten bigger, but it's all the same. It, it's right. uh, what, what homogenous. Noticed, it's, it's the people, there's no performance art to it because it's just people walking from table to table collecting tips. And uh, I can't really blame them for that because people aren't used to kind of paying a cover anywhere here. Mm -hmm. in, in San Francisco, people pay a cover charge so when they get in to watch a show, they don't have to tip people and, and a show can happen. Mm -hmm. um, but Even in LA, that's a thing a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. But down here, it's true, there's no cover. There's no cover. And um, the only way for the Queens to make money is to uh, walk around and get those tips. And you know, you get a little bit of a payment from the, the host or whatever. So yes, that's another roundabout way of answering your question. <laughs> it, seems like, <laughs> it seems like it's everywhere now but it also seems like it's the same thing everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't see a whole lot of uh, difference. In, in, and a lot of times it's some of the same girls. They'll be performing at a show on Saturday and then the same girls will be performing at the brunch the next day. And uh, a lot of times they are performing for straight people who are just there mm -hmm. you know, at a bachelorette party or you know, whatever, you know. Or especially because we have the tourism industry down here, you know, so you get a lot of the of that part of it something you said sort of remind I, I was thinking back to like well for example i was uh super excited and had a great time seeing mommy queerist with you and peaches and clammy fay um mm -hmm. at the palm springs cultural center down here uh recently and that was something that kind of like you said we're not we don't really have we have a lot of drag but it tends to be lip sync performances and fairly straightforward which i love but we're not, I don't think we're experienced with having stage shows, um, you know, variety acts and uh, even even comedy. We don't get as much um, of the stand-up comedy vibe with mm -hmm. some of the drag down here, which, you know, everybody has their own different thing. But I agree that I think the variety is, is not quite there yet. And I would love to see more. Um, I mean, I think to like, Raja Gemini having live crickets come out of her mouth, you know, I think of, of all of these opportunities for people to sort of start to stand out. And maybe that's just, you know, I, I spent many years as a stand up comedian. And I just think that, you know, I'm always like, the marketing brain kicks in, like, please, God, how can I get? How can I stand out among this sea of faces that look just like me? Exactly. Um, so let's talk now that we're on the topic of stage shows you are coming up on a tour of the golden girls live correct yes uh-huh so this is a pretty well-known drag show i mean i think it's it's been new york it's been everywhere right yeah uh so it, it started out in um san francisco like gosh in the mid i think it was 2006 and it was in the front parlor of my friend's victorian house in the western edition of san francisco and it was really just kind of like, oh my God, we love the Golden Girls. Let's um, let's do a few episodes for Pride, you know. And then uh, 
people started coming to this to my friend's house and then the shows got so popular there was too much attention on that house you know and mm -hmm. his neighbors were getting pissed off <laughs> people were parking everywhere blah 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 anyway so we started booking it in theaters and then it got bigger and bigger and finally now we do it and we we decided just to do it once a year because it became so big we do it once a year at the victoria theater and it's a 500 seat theater and we sell out like 30 shows um and uh, so it's this huge kind of institution in san francisco and we have taken it on tour uh but only once we did a tour before uh COVID hit we did palm springs salt lake city boise portland and seattle so after we started doing it, we noticed a lot of people loved the idea so much they started doing their own productions. <laughs> and, yes. uh, you know, and it's been kind of annoying to me, but I don't have any, uh, obviously I don't have any ownership of the idea. Right. So um, all, all we can do is try and make our production the best one, you know? Uh, and uh, anyway, it's a lot of fun. I, I do love the source material so much. I. I have to say, I did not catch the Golden Girls show when it was on TV the first time around because I was too busy uh, partying and I lived out of the country <laughs> for a lot of that time. So I missed the whole Golden Girls wave. But then I caught up with it on reruns. And then when DVD players were a thing, I, I bought all the seasons of the show and I watched them religiously. And so I got to say, I really do admire the comedic chops of all four of the women and the scripts. Yes. The scripts were so great, even though sometimes there's glaring mistakes in the scripts. Like, wait, when did Dorothy have a daughter or yeah. whatever? <laughs> or wait, I, I, th I thought I thought Uncle Angelo was Aunt Angela. Like they just changed things. Yes, you know I mean? they did very much. <laughs> and it's one of those because you know at the time, first off, before it was in before it was syndicated, you know they're like, well, we don't know that anybody's gonna ever see this again. And then they're like, they never foresaw DVD sales <laughs> and never foresaw streaming. And you're like. Oh yeah, uh, lots of familial changes, history changes, you know, um, little things. But again, it, the fact that we notice those is is sort of a testament to how well the show has stood up that we watched it enough to figure that out. Right. Uh, for those who aren't super familiar with Golden Girls, go check it out. The whole season is on Hulu right now if you're in stateside. And um, it, it has, as you said, the comedic chops, the scripts are great, but the cast, I mean, these four core characters are so good you have b arthur and you play her character correct in the in the show um and you have dorothy spornak and you have uh betty white in really her most iconic role uh as as rose nyland um, so if anybody ever watched the mary tyler moore show she played sue ann nivens on the show who mm -hmm. was the uh at the WJRP, uh, uh, I'm probably getting the station wrong, but anyway, they had a cooking show and she was the cook, kind of like a Julia Child character. That's right, yeah. So she was. She played a real bitch. And so uh, when, so she's playing the opposite. Like she was really a shrew on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm. She, really was Suzanne, she was Suzanne Summers on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And then she, she went to, you know, like a, a really wholesome sort of uh, ditzy Scandinavian lady uh, on golden girls so suzanne summers was also really ditzy and innocent do you mean on it's true I, no you know what's funny is i actually think of the real person did you ever see her this is totally on the side did you ever see her on uh rosie o'donnell had her show that was just called rosie the talk show 
she was on there she was on there i think twice and mm-hmm. the second time she got so snippy with Ro- with rosie that she said something like um she said something you have to use hellman's mayonnaise because you're using a recipe from her cookbook and she goes yeah you know what's interesting is i know it's hellman's and then if you're in this part of the country it's i think best you know whatever it is and she goes no you have to use hellman and she goes oh well they're actually the same and she goes well i teach people how to make mayonnaise in my cookbook so they don't have to buy any she goes on it was so catty and it was like rosie's face you can find the clip on youtube it's a dream oh, wow. but anyway, <laughs> that's a deep dive um yeah, yeah. but uh and people might correct me on this i think also she had like prepackaged meals uh like frozen meals and they were opening them up do you remember that or that she had those i think it was her and they, they opened- had some. I, I know linda mccartney had some i'm not maybe, sure if she yeah because or- maybe it was linda mccartney that, that that came on and they opened it but this is a side story too, but the Rosie, anybody that remembers the Rosie O'Donnell show should shoot koosh balls into the audience. I don't know the, the, the imagery purpose of that, but they opened it up on the air to talk about how good it was. And Rosie found glass in hers and mm. on the, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that in years, but it's all coming back with Rose Nyland, but Betty White, Rose Nyland, great character. Uh, and then we had Estelle Getty playing uh, B. Arthur's mom. Right. Uh, and, and she was always my favorite because I caught the show when I was younger um, growing up because my mom watched it. And so I caught the last few seasons. And then, I mean, I loved it. It's sort of one of those few shows that I think it's fun. People are like, oh, it tackles issues. It has like some gay representation occasionally. It has like all these other, it has aging. Um, but I just love, as a kid, I just loved it because it was funny. I mean, it's really funny. Um, yeah, yeah. So when you guys do the show, tell tell me what the show is like. Cause I know uh, in say mommy queerist, it's essentially a rewrite of mommy dearest. That's mm-hmm. uh, very satirical uh, and changes a little every, pro- every production. Right. 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 Well, so uh, at Oasis, I'll give it a little backstory. We do a bunch of television parodies. We've done sex in the city live. Uh, I played Carrie Bradshaw and that was very satirical because I can't stand the characters. I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and we've done three's company which is already a parody of itself you know and mm-hmm. um, but with the golden girls we are pretty true to the scripts uh we we do inject some kind of vaudeville stuff to it mm-hmm. it was already pretty vaudeville i was gonna say you know yeah. smacking rose with the newspaper is mm-hmm. you know it, it could it could play on any vaudeville stage yeah yeah um, no um yeah we are fairly true to the script um it just becomes larger than life and a little bit more salacious with us Mm -hmm. on stage you know and uh i I don't know it's the comedy of just these four drag queens (laughs) and 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 the outfits you know um a a big star of the show is the outfits that we have especially for Dorothy because she had she was wearing such crazy clothes in that show. Wild caftans. She looked mm-hmm. like she could step into any 70s fantasy movie and be like the cult leader queen, you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, I didn't mention Rue McClanahan as as the um, uh, the sex pot. Blanche, yeah. Blanche Devereaux. And, you know, have you always played um, the B. Arthur character? Yes. Okay, and so is this the same, the cast has to have changed, I assume, at some point, or is this the full original cast when you guys did the previous tour? Uh, no, uh, well, the previous tour, uh, we are, we did lose one person, and that is Matthew Martin, 
only because he did not want to come on tour again. He's he's mm-hmm. he's a real homebody, you know, <laughs> and he did not like traveling and doing the show, which is kind of crazy. But um, but from when we first started the show, the only the only two people left that uh, are me and Matthew, um, my co-producer Cookie, who played Sophia for a long time. He died in 2015. That's really horribly and then um and then we i had to get a new producer in so uh darcy stepped in as producer so he stepped into the rosen island role um so that's darcy drollinger correct or drollinger yes so i i think that this show is i mean one thing if you're a golden girls fan i don't know how you couldn't not love this show um and when you take it on the so here's the question i have when you go on tour with this show i know you've done it once before but you've performed it a lot in san francisco as well did you ever get people who came specifically for the golden girl aspect and didn't didn't really weren't prepared for the drag element um Uh, at all well yes in boise yeah uh, (laughs) there were some people there who they were there for the first act and I heard they went out and they complained. They're like, oh, we didn't know it was drag queens, even though, I mean, like they love the Golden Girls, but they had to have seen the poster, you right. know? Um, <laughs> we, it's pretty obvious. It's, you know what though? I mean, I've been to Boise a few times and I've seen your guys' poster. So I can completely see uh, them not realizing that, that you guys were drag queens as well. You could really walk right in uh to, to anybody in boise and 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 boise fans you can always write our complaint department at cult and classic podcast at gmail.com um so you're also playing really great theaters i mean the egyptian is a cool theater uh the, i mean i was born in portland aladdin is a cool theater too um are these the same ones you toured before have you played these venues often in other shows yeah the only one that we're not doing is uh, let's see wait on the only one we're not doing is the Egyptian in Seattle. Uh, so there's an Egyptian in Boise and an mm-hmm. Egyptian in Seattle. The Egyptian is great except it has no backstage. Like it has oh, no really no bathroom because it's primarily a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of the Peaches shows there. I've done Golden mm-hmm. Girls there once before, and I was just like, I just can't do it again. You know, like no bathroom. I mean, so that's wild. We, that's wild. <laughs> So we did Mommy Queerist at this other venue uh, last time, uh, right after the Palm Springs show. We went to Seattle to do two shows there. And uh, it's a new venue called the Broadway Performance Hall, which is right across the street from the Egyptian. Um, but other than that, uh, they are the same theaters. I love the Aladdin in Portland. Uh, the backstage mm-hmm. is crazy. It's like somebody's apartment, you know? <laughs> well, it's when you get, I mean, how many, as you said, you're, you're playing a newer venue in Seattle, but really, how many big theaters are new these days? I, it's like, and I haven't seen any being built. You know what I mean? Maybe oh, yeah. some remodels, mm-hmm. um, but it yeah. adds to the, the the experience. You know, I think a lot of people who haven't been to, you know, who've only done a drag brunch or something like that, um, you know, or, or a late night drag show, they don't, they haven't experienced the combination of drag and theater to that level. And so I love seeing shows like that. Um, although, if you're in a tipping show, it's awful difficult when they pass that bucket around, like the, you know, the church parson thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are a film podcast primarily, and you are no stranger, as you said, to film and TV. I actually saw 
you had a documentary done about you? I had kind a couple of? documentaries, yeah. I've had three, so, doc- three documentaries. Three. So I know about the drag roast of Heclina, which is the most recent, I think, correct? Oh, then I, four, sorry. Four. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I <about> that one. <laughs> so, well, one, can anybody buy these? Is there anything that people can buy from you? You have to have merch, I assume. Uh, well, yes. Um, but I don't get any of the money. So what? you can go to Amazon and buy, and you can rent the drag roast of Heclina. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you can, there's a two things that are not available and that is filthy gorgeous, the tranny shack story and blood, sweat and glitter, uh, a documentary about a tranny shack pageant. They're both unavailable because of music, uh, rights issues. Mm. And then there is a KQED documentary about Heclina. But I think if you just Google it, uh, KQED Heclina, and uh, it's a really bizarre documentary, but uh, check it out. <laughs> um, but I do have merch, but I don't really have a store. Like I have stickers and, and tote bags and stuff, but <laughs> I don't really, I mean, if people want to message me, <clears throat> most, mostly I bring them to when I have physical shows, mm-hmm. you know? I don't, uh, during the pandemic, I was selling a lot of stuff out of my house, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't really do that so much anymore. Well, and I think that's one of those things too. When you're in San Francisco, I feel like there's, it's a very physical, I mean, it's like Seattle is with its music scene, you know, in, in the late nineties, I'm like, you, you can go to an event and there's merch there and that's where the artists make their money. And now I feel like a lot more has transitioned, especially with things like Drag Race, where everybody who goes on the show comes out with, you know, here's my website, here's all my merch, um, right. here's the branding. Uh, it's it's become, people kind of expect it online, but also I figure it has to be a fairly good revenue source. I know that Peaches just had her website revamped. Um, and so I'm just saying, we'll have to hook you up somehow. Uh, yeah, so. I, but I mean, what I've learned though, and I'm, I think Peaches has the same issue is, and you know, if you're not on RuPaul's Drag Race, you're not selling enough to mm-hmm. really get, you know, Mm-hmm. you know it's like well i mean i yeah. sang for a a, a small time punk band for 10 years and it was one of those things where we made nothing off the performance i mean five dollars a piece essentially when you break it down you know playing these shows and so we would like you know in infinitely raise our revenue just by selling a couple of t-shirts at 15 bucks <laughs> you know so hey, right, right. it was one of those things is it's it's uh whereas i think if you're if you're smart and capable and talented enough like you said to sort of get a portion of the ticket sales and all that stuff then everything else is extra um <laughs> we have a lot of golden girls merchandise i know that golden well hey i've got a stay golden shirt on right now which by the way also comes in like an aqua green kind of color which is that's that's terrible. I wish I'd bought one because stay golden and green is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so uh, I also, I want to shout out because I've been, I've been excited to see this. You also have a little cameo in the, the recent drag movie, Shit and Champagne, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and was so, and, and Darcy Drollinger also wrote and directed that. Right. So uh, did did Darcy just say, hey, can you come in and, and, and do a scene in a bathroom stall or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, this is also back pre-COVID when both of us mm. were so, so busy. Like, I was so busy running Oasis and mm-hmm. doing shows there and stuff, and I wasn't about to be in 
the, the movie. Um, because mm-hmm. the movie was actually uh based on the play that oh, that premiered at Oasis, so it's all the cast who were Very in the cool. all the people who were in the the show when the show was at like Oasis. Mario Diaz, I think, and, yes, and exactly. And um, so uh, I think he just said, I, I have a cameo for you. I think that's literally what he said. And so, and there was one scene that was cut out, which is where he, he made me, a lot of stuff got cut out of the movie. Like he, he, I got in drag one day and I went into the mission in the middle of the day. And I was on the, I was in the street corner pretending to be a prostitute. And uh, you know, the mission in the middle of the day, there's like lots of people around. So it was mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of annoying. But I thought it was a really funny scene, and then it got cut. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> wah wah, yeah. I want to give a shout out to I know Alaska Thunderfuck is in that as well, uh, which mm-hmm. is actually how I first even found out about it. Um, so hopefully, I would love uh, Darcy to do a screening of that somewhere down here in Palm Springs. That would be super cool. We had one. We had one a few months ago at the well, at the, uh, Mary Pickford. At the Mary, oh, that's wonderful. I wish that I had known. Uh, <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll have to do another one, maybe on the DVD release, which is probably already, it's not released yet, I don't think. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to dig through that. Um, but, uh, and I'll also have to apparently harass Mary Pickford for not updating their mailing list because I didn't get that. But there's always more on the horizon. When you guys are done with the Golden Girls live tour, do you have anything that you can mention that you're already planning tour or down here in Palm Springs? Well, as far as Palm Springs goes, I don't think I'm doing a whole lot after that. I'm going to probably going to go to Iceland in the beginning of August. And, um, and then I have a party every third Sunday uh, in San Francisco. I'm going to go to Greece. I'm, I'm doing an event in Athens, Greece, uh, at the end of August. Very we are cool. oh yes wait we yes at the end of september we're doing three's company here in <gasps> uh, in palm springs at the desert rose playhouse oh so, that's going to be fantastic that's a super yeah. fun kind of smaller vibe theater which is really cool yes 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 uh, very yeah. cool three's company of course another great one i i uh i'm excited to see mr roper I love um <laughs> so good um saying um a lot but I guess you have such a body of work that my notes look just like a giant uh, it looks like one of those serial killer like charts in in the movie where there's pins everywhere um thank you for making notes I love that I I do I we're professional here at Colton Classic Podcast um our our listeners know that I'm lying but no I I also just want to shout out to I loved um uh baby Jane question mark Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Do you have any memory? I know you 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 were in that. Were you also you were also in uh, Clifton's sort of second feat, second satire feature. Yes, um, yes. So uh, that actually, we just screened Baby Jane a couple weeks ago. We, did you hear about that? That was also at the, that was also at the Mary Pickford. No, yes. Mary Pickford. So it's funny. Beforehand, we were we were kind of talking. There's sort of people will say like, oh, like if you go to Hawaii, be prepared to have like time waits. You know, you're on Hawaiian time. It's just a different vibe. The desert down here has the same thing. I think it's the heat. It makes people just a little bit languid, a little bit more mm-hmm. casual. And I found that a lot of advertising and mailing lists go to the wayside. And it's it's only frustrating to those of us who want to heavily participate in right, all right. the events. 
Um, but how did that go? It was great. Uh, Matthew was down here visiting me at the same time. So uh, we did a Q&A afterwards with me and, uh, and Billy Cliff, the director, and Matthew. So yeah, I played, anybody who knows the movie, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, there's a, a neighbor, a nosy neighbor, Mrs. Bates. Mm -hmm. And so I play Mrs. Bates and we just fleshed out the role a lot more because it's a really mm -hmm. small role in the movie. Yeah. And then Billy wanted to include me in the second movie. And I couldn't understand why, because she wasn't obviously- character. Yeah, I was gonna say, you play the same character. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Hush Up Sweet Charlotte is the name of this one. Yes. And so uh, we did it. And then the, the financiers from Here TV watched a cut of the movie. And they were like, why are these, why is this character in there? Get rid of the character. So I ended up on the cutting room floor again. You know, so, um, <laughs> But I just saw a screening of that at uh, at uh, Hunters a few months ago, and yeah, there is a short scene with me in it that they kept in there. So uh, that one was that was neat too, because that of course had Mink Stole in it, who we love here. Yes. Um, and and uh, and I think in Raja, uh, Raja Gemini is in there uh, yes. as well. Uh, so that's a fun one. But mm -hmm. I I I gleaned this from uh, your friend and fellow drag performer Peaches Christ that you. Is this correct or a big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan? Yeah, I, mean, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say a big Jean-Claude Van Damme film, but I love all of the macho action movies. Mm -hmm. um, like I love all the Bruce Willis diehard movies and uh, I love the old Arnold Schwarzenegger. What about Stallone, Cobra? Total, Total Recall, uh, True Lies, all that stuff. I do love, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love those, those macho stuff, the macho movies, you know. Have you and ever I, thought about... And John-Claude Van, Damme, John Van Damme was so hot in some of those movies, you know. I kind of still, I mean, I'm a cisgender straight guy, as I said. I still kind of think he's good looking. I'm just kind of, you know, every time, first off, I, I don't know how much, I don't think there's enough HGH in the world for me to ever look like he looks even now. Mm -hmm. um, but that's impressive. Uh, so... Have you ever thought about doing some sort of stage production based on an 80s action flick? No, but I, I will say that uh, this, this, the, this heterosexual equivalent of Golden Girls, and you must have heard of this, is the uh, Point Break Live. Did you hear about that? I have not heard of Point Break Live. Okay, so and that was a huge, so I saw that in um los angeles and it actually came to san francisco so you go to this show and the joke about the show is that keanu reeves was so horrible in point break that they just get an, they get an audience member a random audience member they pull him up on stage and he is keanu reeves for the whole he or she is keanu reeves for the whole show so uh, people are always like i hope i get picked i hope i get picked but it's this huge cult around that and people are in the in the show wearing like raincoats and stuff because of all the water. And <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really, I thought it was really fascinating because yes, it is the, that's, I was like, oh my God, this is the straight version of Golden Girls. Like, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, so, so um, well, I just to throw it out there into the ether into the, I would love to see an eighties action movie done with you and a cast of drag queens because in many ways, so many of those films are in no way heterosexual. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I, the, the thought of every single man being 100% greased up, 
and uh, sparks flying. Um, no women in any scenes whatsoever uh, until, you know, there's a top, until they have to change a shirt for no reason. Uh, right. And it's just, it's just, it would be, a, it would be a lot of fun just throwing it out there. I know we've been chatting for a long time here. I want to say thank you so much for being on Cult and Classic Podcast and for joining the desert community down here. And is there anything that you would like to promote uh, in addition to thegoldengirlslive.com where you can get tickets for Palm Springs, Boise, Idaho, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington? Uh, let's see. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, like I'm doing, um, I'm doing a bunch of shows in San Francisco for Pride. But I guess, yeah, what I'm really trying to push right now is the tour. As far as down here in the desert, be on the lookout for um, Three's Company Live coming up at the end of September. And uh, yeah, no, um, you can just follow me on Instagram at Hecklina, H-E-K-L-I-N-A, also at Hecklina on Facebook. And that's really where you'll find out what, I'm, what I have going on. Very cool. And of course, you can follow us at Colton Classic Podcast on those as well at Colton Classic Podcast. You can send your hate mail, requests, um, how come you have a podcast, anything you want to <laughs> Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can see what we're up to. We will be at pretty much any event down here in the desert. So if you are local and you want to say hi, just look for the guy handing out business cards like they're crack and you'll find me. I want to say thank you to all the fans. Please leave us reviews, all the stars, wherever you get your podcast and check us out on YouTube. We'll be loading videos of all of our episodes up to the end of the year until we're caught up and then they will be weekly. So you can watch us if you like to stare at a stranger's eyes while you listen to them talk. I am very happy to have this job. Thank you so much, Hecklina. And to play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.